This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with executive editor Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. Bruce, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. Survived the weekend, uh, Jimmy. So ready and raring to go. College football. It was a it was a great day, and a lot of the games uh, lived up to the billing. Uh, you had some games like uh, USC and Utah and TCU, Oklahoma State were identical. Uh, the visiting team led from jump. Uh, and led for just basically the whole game, came down to both teams, both home teams, trailing by a touchdown. TCU earlier in the afternoon at uh, in uh, Fort Worth got down there. They uh, they uh, fourteen point deficit, scored a touchdown, scored another one late, kicked the field goal, won it in overtime. Note Dana Holgerson, TCU won the toss. They elected to go second, and also the Oklahoma State kicked a field goal. They won it with a touchdown. So that's the disadvantage of going first put your math aside, and just stick to common sense. The other thing is you talk Kyle Willingham. He scored at the end with less than a minute to go, about 51 seconds to go. He went for two. So, USC certainly had enough time to get in a field goal position, but uh, the defense closed it out. So, Bama, Tennessee, classic uh, in uh, in Knoxville. Uh, you had this Nick Saban, and this is not just this week. Okay, but they are one of the most penalized teams in the country. After the 17 penalties against Tennessee, they're 129 out of 131 as far as least penalized. So it's third in the country uh, as far as being most penalized in this sloppiness. Um, special teams, mess up, mental mistakes, and also game management by, by Nick. He, he, he's got to leave no time. He can run the ball and just uh, you know win or overtime. No way he's got to let uh, uh, let Tennessee any chance of winning that thing uh, in regulation. Great day in college football, Bruce. It was, and you know the one thing that jumped out at me, uh, Jimmy, was look at the score lines on these on these games. I mean, all those ones, the showdowns, they were in the forties or in the fifties there with the Tennessee. So that seems to be the pattern right now. I mean, the the days of the old. Uh, you know, Ohio State-Michigan showdowns in the early 70s when we're 14-11 to 11 and 10-10 and all that. And no, these games are being played much higher scoring now. And you need offense these days. That's what it's looking like at, at the uh, top levels there. And even uh, Georgia put 55 points up last week. Didn't have much to defend against Vanderbilt. But still, you're seeing the pattern in, in these games. And I'm wondering if that's going to impact some of the totals we see in some of these games coming up. Because, I mean... They just kept scoring in those games last week, and they all sort of looked the same, uh, those three showdown games last week. Uh, no doubt. And, and Saban built the program, and he's, he's seen the difference. And it was a guy like Doug Nussmeyer who came first 
and opened up his offense and modernized it a little bit. Lane Kiffin took it to another level uh, when he came in and did a really good job of disguising uh, Jalen Hurts' passing deficiencies until some teams finally caught up with it. Um, but, you know, and, and, and that's why I like them so much this year because, I mean, he's won national championships with mediocre quarterbacks. He's got an elite quarterback, and I just thought they would be so tough, but they – they could have lost. They could have easily lost two or three games right now. Yours doesn't go down. I know it changes the the approach of the game. They could yep. have lost that one. And man, I mean, A and M's got one shot from the two yard line uh, to beat them uh, in Tuscaloosa. So rarely have we seen this part of the season where they've had three scares, three legitimate scares. Yeah, you know. And by the way, I, I hope. Uh... Uh, Saban wasn't scheduled to film an Affleck commercial on Sunday because he wouldn't have been <laughs> wouldn't have been too happy. Uh, but this has happened before with Bama, and I mean they've ended up getting to championship games and winning championships before with that one loss. Remember when Sumlin came in there with Johnny Football in 2012, uh, losses to Ole Miss they had. Even last year they lost that game at A&M and ended up getting to the championship game. So the loss doesn't completely eliminate Alabama, not in the least. I mean they can still march right. through the SEC West. It does it does limit their their margin of error has if they want to get back to the final four has lessened but the path for them is still through the sec west getting the sec title game they might have a rematch with tennessee there and then could do it but remember last year they had a lot of close calls last year too um and uh the you know the game at florida last year uh, obviously the iron bowl last year they lost the game at a&m uh, arkansas and lsu pushed them uh, in Tuscaloosa last year, and of course Georgia in the championship game. So it's not the worst thing to be able to pull out close games, but when you fly so close to the flame, like they've been doing too often, you're going to get burned. And that's what happened to them last week. But in Saban's defense, everything you say is correct. They have bounced back before the offense is state of the art, and this doesn't eliminate them, but it does, like I say, limit their margin of error. I will be shocked if there is a rematch between Tennessee and Alabama in the SEC championship game. I cannot see this Tennessee team. Fun, great story, that's all great, going into Athens, Georgia and beating Georgia. I mean, Tennessee is still uh, – Hooker's great. Hypo puts him in a great position. Hooker's you – know, I saw the first ESPN, um, uh, you know, uh, grade evaluation. Number 96 overall pick. Oh, I mean, overall prospect. Give me a break, man. I mean, this guy is so good. And he he attacks the field and he protects the ball. What more do you want? And he he thinks run last, but when you need him to uh, move the chains with his legs, he's capable of that as well. Georgia, there's six teams. And this is total offense and total defense statistic. Because there's so many different approaches in tempo in college football. The true evaluation stat that I look at is yards per play offense and yards per play defense. Some teams are playing 90 snaps, others 55 on one side of the line of scrimmage. Three are in the top 10 uh, in both yards per play offense and defense. Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. Ohio State strength of schedule, 82. Georgia's strength of schedule, 76. Alabama's, 6. Okay. Let's not go too crazy on killing Alabama just yet. The, the three more in the top 10 in both yards per play offense and defense, Michigan, Texas, and UCLA. Texas by far has the toughest strength of schedule. If you're new to the college football game, trust me, it's all about who you're playing. UCLA, historically weak a non-conference schedule. I mean, SWAC, Sunbelt, in the MAC. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any easier than that. But Michigan's a team I want to talk about, Bruce, because – they dominated Penn State so bad 
Um, here they are, just like they beat Ohio State. They just went old Harbaugh uh, approach. Heck with the you know, you know, running the uh, uh, running the old Miss transfer and you know in the RPO and stuff. Let's just beat them up front. They rushed for over 400 yards against Penn State, and Penn State was kind of hanging around. Luckily, because Michigan who had to settle for field goals, the 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 pick six, kind of the goofy pick six. But Michigan completely dominated. We've seen them dominate the Big Ten last year. Are they any closer to being competitive should they make it to the playoff this year than last? They they might be a little better than they were last year. And they were plenty good last year, Jimmy. And I think now you've also got Blake Corm. so far away from competing with Georgia. Well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh they, they get whipped by Georgia. If you think Georgia's as good as Georgia was last year, then the answer is maybe no. I happen not to think that. I think Georgia's good. I think you're probably right. They probably beat Tennessee, though I'm not quite a, I'm not quite sure about that, but I think they will. But I don't think this team's as dominant, not on the defensive side like they were last year. That was a historic defense last year. And Michigan on the big stage there, they just got knocked out. I don't think there's that big a gap between Georgia or even Alabama and some of these other teams this year. Um, like there might have been last year, especially in Georgia's case against Michigan. Listen, if you could take out Ohio State the way Michigan did last year, you know uh, they're right near the top. It's just if those top two are that much above everybody else. I'm not sure that's the case this year. Uh, We'll find out, and Michigan, of course, is going to have to get through Ohio State. I still think there's a chance, you know, you might get two Big Ten teams in the Final Four, and that would be Michigan and Ohio State. Um, so keep that in mind uh, when they end up facing off in, in Columbus at the end of next month. Doesn't necessarily a loss doesn't necessarily eliminate the loser from the final four, depending on how other things go out. One other thing about the the polls, there's still plenty of time for this stuff to move around. I'm old enough to remember 1974 USC at the start of November. I was there. I watched them tie California when Steve Bartkowski was there. They were ninth in the polls after that week, and there looked like there would be no nobody's even thinking they could end up number one. Well, guess what? They ended up number one in the polls because sometimes things happen in November and you see a lot of losses happen. Uh, so, there's still a lot of football to be played, and that's why it's not far-fetched at all to think Michigan and Ohio State could both end up in the Final Four um, uh, come uh, January. So, uh, keep that in mind as we move forward. Yeah, and, uh, and and it's going to be a tough one, a, a revenge spot for Ohio State uh, late in the season when they have to go to Columbus. I get it, but uh, I just have to say that Michigan team, the, just how badly they beat Penn State was really impressive. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just they just bullied them. Uh, I mean, pushed them around, and the score should have been worse. And uh, so it's a classic case. Watching the game, you can see it. Penn State's way lucky to be in the game, in game it. In game, it you could you could have easily uh, got Michigan at a very cheap price. In game, that, that, that looked like Bo Schembeck for Michigan last week. It really did, and uh, just and, and that's what Harbaugh did last team. year. Yes, I mean, and then yes. they threw the one pick in the Ohio State game, and they just so and the quarterback will get better and better, you know, as the season goes along. But it's a old Harbaugh, what he knows best, what he did at Stanford, what he did with the San Francisco 49ers. It's a line of scrimmage coach. And that's his, that's his specialty. Odd from a former quarterback. You usually have quarterback turned coach. They want to throw it all over the place. But he is a line of scrimmage coach. And I tell you, I, I'm impressed. And they might be. Even with Lou, Lee, uh, losing Hutchinson and the other kid last year from that great defense. And Hutchinson's a good pro, uh, too. Uh, they might be a tick better. Might be a tick better. Yep. And we'll have to see. 
speaking of the Big Ten, when we did the Big Ten preview, um, Bruce, I looked at this win total at four and a half for the Illinois Fighting Illini. Year two for Bet Bielema. He was five and seven last year, four and five in the Big Ten. Not bad. Taking over a, a totally re, a total rebuilding job, and they had three one score losses to Maryland, Purdue, and Iowa last year. So I said, eh, get them. You followed it up, which said, yes, that's one of your picks, Illinois, with the uh, with the over. Um, Illinois is the number one team in the country, one out of 131 in yards per play defense. You want to talk about misleading score? 26 to 14. Great. Six and a half point favorite, uh, six and a half point dog wins outright. A nice money line uh, dog there. Uh uh-uh. uh. 27 to 12 in first downs. 472 to 180 in total yards. I mean, just demolished Minnesota. This thing could have easily been 44 to 7. Instead, it was 26 to 14. The final score gives no indication how badly Illinois beat Minnesota up front. Uh, this team could be 7 0, Jimmy, because they never should have lost that Indiana Oh, that was a hose job on a call in the first Terrible. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they really should have won that game, and they should be 7 0. What. Be, listen, Bielemon, we've talked about this before, and we talked about it years ago when he was at Arkansas. He got them pretty close, and he had to rebuild that thing within a couple of years, and he did it the old-fashioned way. I mean, they looked like Wisconsin, which where Bielema came from. Um, the way they were playing that power game, big offensive line, running the football, and they got close in the, in the SEC. And his last year, it sort of unraveled there, but you could tell. I mean, that Arkansas team, a couple of those Arkansas teams he had, when he was in Fayetteville, had they been in the Big Ten those years, they would have been competing for the championships, I'm convinced. He's got the same sort of team here, although I'm not sure he ever had a defense quite this good. The guy, you, the name you want to watch is Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator. I, I have a very strong feeling he's going to end up as a head coach somewhere pretty soon. Uh, they've already talked about him at Colorado. I'm not sure he wants to go there, but he'll have some opportunities. But this defense flies and they swarm, and they're very hard to run against. And you mentioned the numbers there. Awfully, awfully good. Offensively, we talked about Harbaugh a minute ago running the football. Illinois is doing it pretty well. Chase Brown, look at the numbers he's got. I mean, we just got past Columbus Day. This guy's already over 1,000 yards rushing. And keeping Tommy DeVito healthy. That was the one question last week. We weren't sure if he was going to play against Minnesota, but the Syracuse transfer uh, he seems to lend them some stability. I mean, he played about 15 years at Syracuse, I think, so we know he's a veteran there. But he's been very poised, very cool. He's running the offense just the way Bielema wants it. So the pieces are there. As long as DeVito stays healthy and they don't have a rash of injuries, the schedule sets up pretty nicely for them the rest of the way. They're tied with Purdue atop the Big Ten. West right now, they get the Boilermakers at home in November. They'll be favored in four of their next five games. They have a bye week uh, this week, Uh, but they will have to play at Michigan on November 19th. Possibly a Big Ten championship preview there. We'll see. But that's the only game they'll be an underdog the rest of the way. But I think they're the clear favorite in the Big Ten West. I think Bielema is in contention for Coach of the Year honors. There's a few candidates there for sure, but Bielema is going to get some mention there. And he's got Illinois in the right track here. And I think this can sustain there. That's been the one thing about Illinois in the past years. If you go back, you know, the Mike White did that, and you saw uh, Ron Turner, too, when they had a big year or two and, and Zook the year they went to the Rose Bowl. They weren't able to, to sustain it. I think they can sustain this if they can keep Bielema around there. He's got the formula that'll work in the Big Ten, and I think they should be very excited in Champaign-Urbana. I think the 10-2 and two is a realistic opportunity. Certainly the biggest game of the year is Purdue at home. They win that. It's 
it's going to be really hard to keep them out of the Big Ten championship game. But, yeah, Bielema, who lost his first 14 conference games at Arkansas, won the last two. And, you know, for teams that have realistic expectations and seriously contend for playoff positions, Arkansas is not one of those teams, okay? But that big lead that was lost in their bowl game to Virginia Tech was like a 21 nothing lead. I mean, it was a – it was a that sort of seemed to damage their momentum uh, as as much as anybody. And it just kind of – it was tough. But he was closer than a lot of people give him credit for for breaking through and really extending his stay in Fayetteville. Yeah, and, and that margin for error in the SEC is much more narrow. So if something goes off the rails a little bit, it can exacerbate. And that it just sort of, sort of went sideways there. But you're very you're very right. I mean, they did, and he took over a real dumpster fire there when he came in. Oh. Uh, it was a real yeah. dumpster fire. Uh, so they were, and they were actually much more competitive when they were losing those SEC games too. So once they got over the hump, they were very tough to beat. They won some bowl games. Remember what they did to Texas in that bowl game? They really beat them up. Uh, so he's got them there, and I think they're the clear favorite in the West right now in the Big Ten. Oh. I'd be surprised if they're not in the in the championship game in December. Yeah, but that tiebreaker's big, Bruce. If you know with the, that Purdue game, I mean, oh, uh, yeah. Purdue, it's yeah. it's game on if Purdue wins in Champaign. Right. Uh, but oh. uh, if they do, it's pretty much uh, over. And uh, talk about the what? Devito is is managing the team. Okay. Um. You know, seven yards per attempt. Fine. Seventy uh, percent completion percentage. Ten TDs to two interceptions. Does not have to carry the team. One to two touchdowns a game. Fine. That's all we need out of you. What does he want to do? We know what he wants to do. How about how about his uh, his uh, running back who already has a thousand yards on the season? Chase Brown and I mean a thousand fifty nine. Yeah, Bruce's seven games. He's perfect seven for seven in rushing for a hundred yards a game. I mean, yeah. that's just good defense. Good running game, committed running game, and a, a quarterback that doesn't uh, that manages the game, makes a couple of plays. But we don't we don't need him to carry the offense. Well, we, we you know we talk about Bielema's Arkansas teams. This is also Bielema's Wisconsin that we're seeing yes. here, and Barry Alvarez Wisconsin. I mean, this this sort of football can still work in the Big Ten, and I know we got a lot of offense these days at Ohio State and other places, but in the Big Ten, you can still win like this, and Bielema's per, the perfect spot for him. And uh, you know they'll be favored over Purdue. They get them at home, uh, so that's why I think they're the they're the uh, favorite right now in the Big Ten West for sure. They smashed them, and they also smashed Wisconsin in Madison. That forced them to get. Uh, that's all part of it. <laughs> I mean, uh, he is uh, big man is uh, is doing just fine in Champaign. Usually an autoplay for me. Tell me what you think. Lots of history in this one. Unranked team favorite over a ranked team. We talk about it all the time. The team I know the most, Bruce, I know the least about because I never saw Jaden Daniels' performance like he pulled in the swamp last week. Not even close. First six possession, six touchdowns. He accounts for all of them. Three passing, three running, and okay, the team I know the most, I know the least about. Not only is LSU favored against a a ranked team, unranked versus ranked, they're favored over a top 10 Ole Miss team. Now, a lot of things had to fall into place. We talked about this uh, front uh, back-loaded schedule for Ole Miss. It kind of starts this week. Their best win is against Kentucky by three points, where Kentucky turned the ball over to the last three possessions, including a couple of fumbles by Levis inside the 20. 
LSU was bet from a two-point underdog to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. They're favored over top ten. You're the historian. When can you remember that, where a team has been favored over a top ten team, unranked? And what do you think about the game? You're right. Not not in October uh, and not a top ten team. I mean, sometimes you see that stuff you know, earlier in the so season. It's never right? happened, Bruce? I, not that I can recall. I'd have to, have to double check, but off the top of my okay. head, no, I, I can't think of that. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I do shows up there with with the in, in Mississippi and Memphis and with with those guys, and uh, they're a little concerned about the Ole Miss defense. And I know that I, we had heard some some praise about the about the stop unit there, um, but they were a little bit concerned that even after the Vanderbilt game, the Vandy moved a little bit too easily, and they were concerned going into last week. Now they had a big lead on Auburn, but you know, Bigsby and them did a lot of damage, so I'm not sure where Lane's defense is. Now, this, I mean, listen, this rivalry, I've written about it before. You know the history of it. Uh, at, for a time in the late 50s and early 60s, this was like the game of the year. The Billy Cannon punt return and all that, and uh, mm-hmm. Ole Miss people remind you they beat LSU in the rematch in the Sugar Bowl that year. But there's a lot of history here. This sort of reminds me a bit. Remember, Hugh Freeze came in there with a. Um, team that I, I don't know if they were undefeated about six seven years ago and they lost that game 10-7 at uh, LSU they were number three in the country number three in the country yeah and th- this is uh and that team I thought might have been a little bit more substantial than this one you're right the schedule is backloaded I'm going down there to watch the uh, Bama game in a few weeks so I'll see them in person but if they can get to Bama undefeated I don't know I don't know if they're going to get through this one you mentioned Daniels those of us who watch him at Arizona State I know you saw him there some too but there were times when you watch Daniels when he did everything right. And it's like he was magical. There were other times he wasn't. And I thought actually that first game of the year against Florida State, you saw a little bit of everything from Daniels. He looked kind of lost in the first half. Then when it started to get going in the second half, he looked really good. The good Daniels can hurt anybody. And we saw him last week against against uh, Florida. That uh, The first part of that game was breathtaking. His stats were tremendous. He's capable of doing things like that. So... Um, I think this is actually maybe the most intriguing game of the week for just what you say, because LSU has given us a little bit of both. I mean, they weren't at all close against Tennessee the week before. Offense got going last week. I think this is a very tricky game for Ole Miss in here this week. And I know the historic implications of being a top 10 team and being an underdog against an unranked team, but I still kind of like LSU a little bit this week. We'll talk about it more later. Uh, Jay Daniels also one of the things – uh, a lot of people don't know about because it's not going to affect the spread. And But your left tackle was hospitalized uh, Friday evening before the Tennessee game. That's a late bit of notice to lose your left tackle. Uh, he comes back against uh, against uh, Florida, and he's co-offensive lineman of the week in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, true freshman, Will Campbell. He is really, really good. Uh, but Ole Miss's defense reared its ugly head a little bit. 301 yards rushing, and it was just gashes that got Auburn back in the game when Ole Miss was up big. And we know about that. That's been the Achilles heel uh, for Ole Miss, especially if they want to go fast. Lane has dialed it back just a little bit on his tempo. He still will go very fast when it's a fourth and short. That's part of him you know, trying to uh, get to the line before it. But this is a backloaded schedule. I love this Ole Miss team this year, over seven and a half. But this is a trap spot. Uh, all the way, and oh, this is going to be very interesting. And the receivers, including Keishawn Bouti for LSU, now rejuvenated morale and interest as with Jane Daniels with protection 
letting the ball go, trusting his protection, trusting his receivers. He was perfect in the first six drives, six touchdowns. Florida, not your typical Florida defense. Granted. So we'll see if it carries uh, this week against Ole Miss. One other thing about Ole Miss. Now, Lane also went to this. The Lane train went the Overland route running the ball this year a lot more. And I think part of it was he was maybe protecting that defense a little bit. We saw the chunk plays two weeks ago uh, with Mingo and Watkins at Vanderbilt. But he went back to running the football over 400 yards last week. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was more a function of Vanderbilt, which plays poor pass defense. And that was sort of the outlier. Uh, when Ole Miss had all those yards passing in Nashville two weeks ago because it was back to the ground and pound last week against Auburn. It's a one-possession game in the fourth quarter last week against Auburn. And so, and we know Auburn, especially on offense, uh, has uh, has had their struggles. Bruce, we'll get back with on you on Thursday. This is sort of our recap and sort of a college football kind of overall look, but um, anything you're peeking ahead to uh, early right now? And uh, as far as your picks, we'll have all of your picks uh, on Thursday later in the week. Yeah, there's some. You know, there's one coming up uh, actually a, a Thursday night this week. So um, okay. I'm yeah, watching some of these coaching changes. And, and some of them are sort of working a little bit. I mean, Colorado won a game last week when they changed their coach. How about Georgia Tech with Brent Key and what he's doing? And I think he's maneuvered himself into a position where he's sort of auditioning for the job now on a full-time basis at Georgia Tech. They just had a new AD from Alabama, Jay Batt, who has a working relationship um, uh, with Key when Key was at Alabama, so he knows him. Uh, they've won two uh, as an underdog, big upset at Pitt and mm-hmm. against Duke at home, not bad. They had a week off last week. They seem to have Balance the offense a little more. I mean, they're, they're, this is a run-first offense now, and I think Sims, the quarterback, functions better in that. Mm-hmm. And they hit Virginia on Thursday night. This is a short price. You talk about a coach who's struggling, and and that's Tony Elliott at Virginia. Now he knew he didn't have he had some offensive line issues, but they have dialed back the tempo so much from a year ago. Look at Brennan Armstrong's stats last year when Bronco was there, and look at them this year. It's not the same team. He's not the same quarterback. It's a short price. I think Georgia Tech, you know, ride some of these uh, teams. Let's see if, uh, you know, catch one of these uh, upticks early on here. And there's already two wins for Georgia Tech. I think that might push this a little further. Yeah, I've got my uh, notes here from Virginia earlier in the year and saying, uh, you know, the Mendenhall to Elliott deal. And Mendenhall did, was not fired. He left on his own accord. Sometimes coaches will do that when they know that the cupboard is a little bit bare. And another note I had was Brendan Armstrong all by himself. He's a he's a good player, but he's he cannot do it uh, all by himself. And my favorite win total under. Why couldn't they keep Collins the whole year, huh? I had Georgia Tech under, and I mean it has killed this coaching change has killed. Don't worry, Bruce. I have noticed that they've gone to Pitt and beat them, and they won it overtime against Duke. And I agree, it's a little bit of a short price. They're playing way better. Mickey Joseph in Nebraska, three straight covers, and some other places you mentioned, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona Ari- State. Arizona State has been much yeah. better. Big uh, plus four twenty five money line money line uh, cash against um, against uh, the, Huskies. Was, the, Huskies, the Huskies. That's right, Washington yeah. uh, in that one. So, all right. So Georgia Tech a little early Thursday pick against Virginia. All right, talking some college football. We'll do it uh, every Tuesday, and also again Bruce with his uh, top picks in uh, on Thursday for Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. I'm Jimmy Otto here on a Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.